Just identify as the chief. <laughs> This is not, this doesn't have, do we, do we know where the, the thing is? No, that's not that. It's a, it's, it's shaped like this. It's not in there. Might be attached to another. No, no, I don't Someone had been using it, and I wonder if they took it with the I wonder how much you want for you. So many for you. Sorry, yeah, I'm not sure if we'll. Or is he the doctor? I think it might have been Dr. Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I don't have to. Miss Santa Barry, click when you say events. Bless you. Don't take it away from me. You know. Dr. Bell, somehow missed you. Dr. Ng, what? All right. All right, this is going to be a super, this is a greetings, Dr. Miller. Nice to see you again. This is a really uh, long case, so we're going to have to zip through this, but the weather is so perfect today, we are going to take a break. Unpredictable, unpredictable time. So here we go. So welcome back to Morning. John Lee, good to see you, sir. Get your hand up. Please pass this back to Dr. All right. So, okay, guys. So this is the first morning before the year. Welcome. Glad you're here. Medical students, welcome. Every single one of you. I'm going to call you Dr. Cherry. Robbins <laughs> and Corey. Yes, good. Okay. All right. So thanks for coming. 
So morning report, there are several general rules. So out of respect for me and your peers, please put away all your cell phones and laptops and all electronics, okay? So this is for your learning and for you to not be distracted. So the primary goal of morning report is to everybody is to learn. learn. Right. In a That's right. Yes. Okay. Now the rule is you must participate. Who are you robbing if you do not participate? Yourself, yourself and your peers. Yourself. Your own damn self. Oh. <laughs> We're being recorded. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay, so and so if you are right, that matters everything, right? That means everything. No, no, it doesn't matter a darn bit of anything if you don't learn how to think, right? That's the most important thing. So, what's the secondary goal? Hmm? It is to fun. What do you mean? <laughs> the other one, the pointer will work. The, the clicker thing. Uh, this one? Yeah, that one, the pointer. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Sure enough. Okay. All right. Well, so here we go. So we're going to zip through this. This case is going to move fast. We're going to move fast. Okay. So, uh, and uh, you guys on your handout is, is uh, you will have a lot of this. So we're going to move through. If I don't call on you, it's because we need to move, okay? So you're allowed to raise your hand at any point in time. What you're not allowed to do is to speak out of turn, okay? It's very important because we need the time. All right, history of thrust to deliver usually gets routine paracentesis, missed last scheduled paracentesis, noticeably distended and jaundice, increased fatigue and weakness and nausea and vomiting. In turns, after greeting the patient, it's time to get the history of illness. So, Dr. Newborn. We'll start with what brings you in here today. That's right. You'll start with what brings you in here today. Very good. Then after that, Dr. Wong is. Is there anything else to the story? No, not anything else. You're going to say. Uh, let me take a second to think about. <laughs> okay. Dr. Nash, you're going to say. What else? No, you're going to say, is there anything more to the story? Okay, all medical students and residents, or all interns, excuse me. What are you going to ask after they are done talking? You're going to say, is there anything more to the story? That's right, all of you, again. Is there anything more to the story? Okay, and then they saw they talk more, and then they're done. What are you going to say? Anything more to the story? Okay, blah, 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 blah. Is there anything more to the story? I can't hear you. You guys got to shout it out, okay? Say it with conviction, all right? All right, blah, 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 blah. Is there anything more to the story? That's right. Why can you not just say, is there anything else? Well, it's because that's not enough, okay? You've got to make sure that you ask it exactly like that. Right, Dr. Bell? Right? Because otherwise, what do they do? I got this spot on my back. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, crap like that, right? Okay, who of you have ever experienced this before, right? Seniors especially, yes, I nodding, okay. All right, then after, after that, then what comes after anything more to the story is all done? Then what? Dr. Travis Nash. 
me do talk and think. Not yet. Okay, very close, very close, Dr. Wong. Um, old carts. Yes, right, old carts or old PQRST. Then after that, you stop and think and come up with a differential diagnosis, and then you. Regarding the differential. There you go. Okay. Very good. Very upset. Right. So you guys nailed it. Well done. Okay. So here we go. 50 year old lady. So this attending, this admitting physician did not do that. So this is what the history we have is. 50 year old lady with history of prior chronic alcohol abuse with alcohol cirrhosis with greater than two years sobriety and is on the liver transplant list and chronic hyponatremia with varices. Patient presented the ED last yesterday evening with ongoing abdominal discomfort and distension following two missed sessions of therapeutic paracetesis. Patient gives an antecedent history of somehow twisting her back last week with subsequent development of debilitating excruciating upper back pain, which she rates about seven out of 10. Her back pain is made worse by any movement and has limited patient daily functioning. On account of her back pain, patient has missed her usual twice weekly therapeutic She, however, has continued using her oral furosemide. Patient has had noticeable progressive worsening of bowel extension with increased girth. She reports associated discomfort, which she rates about a four out of 10. Patient denies any fever or chills. She, however, has had increased nausea. Which, which she states is worse than her baseline. She had two episodes of copious bilious, but non-bloody She denies any change in her bowel habits on account of her upper back pain and abdominal tension. Patient presented to the ED for further evaluation. So what complaints would you do an OPQRST and frame your differential diagnosis around? Dr. Hannah Schott. Oh, no, wait, this is a vote. Sorry. I just, this, this case is fresh off the press. This case, actually, I had this case last work week. So, and I typed it up and just finished yesterday. So, sorry, it's not polished. This is not a made and then re-microwaved. This one is fresh out of the oven. Okay, so who would like to frame their OPQRST and differential around back pain? Raise your hands. If you do not vote, then I will call you out and I will have you stand up by yourself and you'll have to tell the class. Okay, so vote. Who wants to say back pain? Okay, who wants to say abdominal distension and pain? Okay, so who wants to do both? Who wants to do neither? Okay, excellent. Everyone voted. Well done. So, in this particular case, those of you who said the back pain, I want you to stand up. Stand up now. Those of you who said back pain. I guess I said both. You mean just back pain or both? Uh, both. Yeah, everyone who said back pain or both. All right, here we go. Corey, back pain. Give me a differential diagnosis. Musculoskeletal uh, injury. Good, excellent. Hannah Shai. Yes. Um, Acute. Uh, compression fracture. Good, excellent. Kenzie Monaco. Flip disc. Flip disc, okay. Justin Sal. Uh, spinal stroke. Spinal stroke, wow, okay. <laughs> Just the back pain? Yep. Spinal stroke. 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 Spinal stroke.
Ms. Gaitis, good. Dr. N Dr. Nat Ng. Triple A or something like that. Triple A, oh, good. Okay. Dr. Scott? Okay, okay, so triple A thoracic aneurysm. Okay, Dr. Young Lee. Okay, good. Dr. Victoria Chung? Epidural abscess. Epidural abscess, nice. Okay, Dr. Pierce. I'll see you again. Hyalonephritis, good. Yes, Dr. Wheeler. Shingles, absolutely. That's a good one. Okay, that's a good one, right? Easy to miss, easy to overlook, right? Dr. Bancroft. Or dissection. Uh, already said. Okay, then like NMI. NMI, okay. Okay, we'll give you that. Okay, Dr. Da Silva. Let's see. <laughs> year old lady. Okay. Yeah. okay, so as you can see, you guys hit many of them. Okay, so what did you guys miss? Yeah, right. That one you guys can see, right? Yeah, no one said cancer. Right, so right, that's one to consider, right? Okay, something to consider, right? You guys came up with many good different. Okay. All right, sit down. Those of you who said abdominal distension and pain, now stand up. Or both, if you said both. <laughs> Everybody? All right, here we go. Dr. Charian. Appendicitis, good. Pancreatitis, okay. SBP. Long. Pregnancy, okay. All right, you guys know you. You guys know I'm gonna go in order, so get get your answer ready because we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this. Dr. Nash, okay. So you got come with a different one. That's why we're in rows. Is those guys can't take your answers? Yes. Um, uh, bowel obstruction. Bowel obstruction, good. Constipation. Constipation. Mi. Mi. Triple A. Triple A. Oral vein thrombosis. Oral vein thrombosis. Anasarca, I'm missing. Anasarca, good. Cholecystitis. Cholecystitis. Yep. Um, also, could, it could be an AAA. Okay, okay. Dr. Lee? Okay, good. Enteric ischemia. Good. Septic ulcer. Good. 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 Uh, good. Nah, someone already said cholecystitis. Can you uh, ruin why that like twice over? Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, Excellent. Very good. Okay. So you guys kind of know. So everybody sit down. Very good. Thank you guys. So bowel <laughs> pain. This is a common thing that you guys have encountered before. Okay. So we're not going to go over it very in depth. What I want you to think about is when you're thinking about abdominal pain, when you're at the bedside, I want you to think in everybody. I can't, if you guys are moving your lips, but you're not saying anything, I'm not gonna hear it. I can't hear it. I'm gonna make you guys repeat it again. All right, so you think in organs. Okay, so you start at the Otherwise, if you're like me, you forget. Okay. Okay. So give yourself some help. Okay. 
Christ. Here we go. So vital signs. So I'm not going to read this to you. Okay. You guys actually have it on your handout. Okay. So suffice it to say, they've got, I'm just going to point out a few things. So the patient has a tachycardia 120. The blood pressure is that. Satting fine, chronically ill, emaciated Caucasian lady, protruding abdominal distension. She's got borderline hypotension noted, noted here. And then abdomen is distended with ascites, vague tenderness on deep palpation, difficult to appreciate organomegaly, prominent anterior abdominal wall veins. What is this also called? Okay. 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 Yes. okay. All right. Labs, you guys, again, you have the labs. Okay. So call out the things. So this is where you guys get to participate. Okay. So call out the things that you guys think are worrisome. Go. WBC. What else? Lactate. Yeah, lactate's four, right? Something's up with that. What else? Not pregnant. <laughs> okay. What else? INR. Yeah. What's up with that, right? INR. Okay. Anything else? Okay. All right. Call out what you see that you don't like here. Sodium. Potassium. Potassium. Hypochloremia. What else? That. What else? Her bicarb's kind of low. Her low, right? Okay, that's important to notice. Okay, that's the great thing about morning report. You get to learn from each other, right? You want to, you interns want to see what your seniors are paying attention to. Okay, that's how you learn. Okay, right. What is this patient's MELT score? All right, everybody, pull out your phone. <laughs> And calculate a melt score. And then after that, you have to put your phones away again. Who thinks it's going to be nice? <laughs> Ain't nobody thinking that. 30 something. Meld NA score. Meld NA score. All right. Anybody got it? Thirty-five. 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 Yeah. All right, everybody, phones away. Phones in your pockets. Go on. I don't want to see your phones. All right. So, here's the deal. Look at this. What do you guys see? It's thirty-five points, which is everybody. Yeah. Okay. So that's not good. That means that if she has no comorbids, she's going to has a half a chance, half of a 100, <laughs> sorry, 50 50 chance of dying in the next three months from her liver disease alone. Okay, that's with no comorbids. All right, so this is the calculation in case any of you are wondering. Okay, you don't have to memorize this. That's all right. I just wanted you guys to see what it is. Okay. What is the MELD score used for? Raise your hand if you know the answer. Raise your hand. Oh, I see it. Okay, Dr. Silo, here's the first hand I saw. Uh, is it used to uh, transplant cases? That's right. Okay, very good. Okay, in particular, it is used, everybody, for determining 
severity of the Okay, it's a prognostication tool. Okay, who knew that already? Yes, good. Now who knows it? Everybody, good, yes, okay. All right, chest x-ray, you've got this on your thing. Okay, so basically it's mostly fine. Okay, then the CT, again, you have this on your handout. So call out what you see that is concerning, go. Hypertension stuff. Hypertension stuff. what else? Seriously. Yeah, varices, right? Compression fracture. Compression fracture. There you go. Yes. Dr. Hannah Shy, as usual. He got it. Nailed it. Dr. Shy actually is one of those who in morning report almost always she's got she's got the answer already by the time the, the case comes in. Very good. Okay. All right. Anything else, anybody? Yeah, there's a renal mass. What's that, right? Okay, UA, this should be on your handout as well, right? Okay, all right. Well, call out what you see that's concerning or that is hmm, something to take note of. Yeah, there's bilirubin in there, which is that a surprise to you? Okay, what else? Not able to concentrate the urine very well. Not able to concentrate the urine very well. What do you mean by that? There's like a low urine sodium and low urine osmolality. And so just correlating with like the kidney issues. Okay. Okay. So who does everybody agree with Dr. Chung? She's not, this lady's not able, Dr. Pierce. I mean, her specific gravity is normal. Specific gravity is normal. But she just has a whole bunch of. She has so much billy in her urine that it's like. Okay. Because she's right. super. Doctor, okay. No. Dr. Shy raised her hand. Oh. Maybe, well, she's got so much fluid, but it's all like gravitated out of her um, vasculature. And so she has too much fluid relative to her sodium. So, I mean, she's not peeing a lot of sodium out because well, there is just like there's too much water. Okay. Maybe. Interesting. Might have made sense in my head. Dr. Nash, and then Dr. Bell, and then Dr. Lee, but we're not going to spend much time. And if you talk too long, I'm going to move you, move on. <laughs> Severely hypotensive, so that I think she's trying to reclaim the sodium to try and attempt to um, increase the blood pressure. Okay. So low sodium. Good. So my idea of low sodium indicates kidneys are sore. Excellent. Yes. That's the takeaway I want you all to get. That's probably what Dr. Chung meant. That the, so, the kidneys are hanging on to as much sodium as that's what you were meaning. Effective arterial blood volume, but volume overloaded. There you go. Exactly. There you go. Nailed it. Don't steal all our thunder, Dr. Chung. Just so you know all this stuff. Okay. What's an ICTO test? Yeah. What's an ICTO test? Raise your hand if you know what an ICTO test is. No. Okay. Who knows what the icterus is? Yeah. So icterus is in the eye. And the scleral ictus is an eye. The icto test means that that's actually bilirubin and not myoglobin or something else. All right, time to form a problem list. So here we go. We're going to go in order. Shannon, Perian. Problem list. Call out a problem. 
Okay, is he is is she hypotensive? Yes. Does everyone agree? Yeah. So, who who thinks she's hypotensive? Raise your hand. Who thinks she's normal tensive? Okay. Okay. Once again, raise your hands. Who thinks she's hypotensive? Raise your hands. Who thinks she's hype? Who thinks she's normotensive? Who thinks she's hypertensive? Okay. Normal tensive, right? Absolutely. It has to be normal tensive. Okay, so hypotension is not a problem. Uh, borderline, okay. Border, borderline hypotension. Portal, Very good. Sorry, portal, portal hypertension. Portal hypertension. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Very good. Portal hypertension. Okay, good. Uh, with significant ascites. Ascites, okay. Uh, high WBC. High WBC, okay. Cetosis, yes. Dr. Wong. Sears positive. Okay, good. Nash. Uh, renal mass. Renal mass. Good. Yes. You got to be listening to each other. Okay. Yeah, back pain. But you can be more specific now. Compression fracture causing back pain. Okay, Dr. Shai. Probably a lactic acidosis, like elevated lactic. Yes, exactly. Good. Dr. Monaco. Hyponatremia. Hyponatremia. Very good. That's mild, moderate, severe. 120 sodium. Huh? <laughs> the mild, moderate, or severe. Severe. Absolutely. Okay. Call it what it is. Right? Hyponatremia could be 134. That's a no big deal. Right? Okay. 120, severe. Dr. Silo. Uh, cirrhosis. Cirrhosis. Good. Dr. Bell. Chronic liver disease is set. Same Chronic thing. Yep. Um, no, hyperkalemia. Hyperkalemia, good. Dr. Ian. Hyperkalemia. Hyperkalemia, okay. Dr. Scott. Metabolic acidosis. Yes, good. Metabolic acidosis. Although Dr. Shai kind of hit that with the lactic acidosis. So you've got to come up with something else. Good. Coagulopathy. Absolutely. Dr. Yunli. AKI versus CKD. Good. Excellent. Dr. Victoria Chung. Hyperbilirubinemia. Excellent. Very good. Dr. Pierce. I want to call her severe sepsis. Okay. Because? I suspect it's Okay. Excellent. Okay. That's a diagnosis. Not a problem, but I like where you're thinking. Okay. Very good. Dr. Wheeler. So I'll give that to you. Thinking. Dr. Wheeler, say it again. Okay, very good. Yes. Dr. Bancroft. Would fatigue count? Is that too big? Fatigue? Okay, okay. Dr. Dr. De Silva. Alcoholic cirrhosis. Okay. You guys already said cirrhosis. Alcohol abuse and remission. Okay, not a problem. It's a, a tough now, right? We're at the um, osteopenia. Okay, I'll give me that. Okay, all right, all right, everybody. Pens out. Assessment and plan. This is your patient. What are you gonna do? Write it out. Okay. All right. Assess. Write your assessment and plan. Go. 
This is your patient. You've got to decide what you want to do. You've got to manage this patient. <laughs> Most of you would probably think I'm looking over your shoulder so that I can judge and make you nervous and say, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Actually, quite the opposite. I'm actually looking over your shoulder to see kind of what people are thinking and kind of what they're thinking about doing to manage this patient, what's important to them, enough that they wrote it down. 
then to be able to get an idea so that I can kind of focus on the things that our guys are actually doing. It's the tailoring to you piece. Except I'm sure that when I'm actually reading your stuff, you're probably thinking that this wasn't quite so tailored. You guys are not going to believe this. It's not that this is not working. There was a fuzz in front of it. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. So, so here we go. So I saw what you guys wrote. So I see you guys kind of, many of you went in similar directions. You guys kind of got a lot of these things. So here we go. So, so this is what the admitting physician attending or the assessment plan looks like. Sepsis, suspected SVP, many of you got that. Many of you got that as well, but although some of you got more correct severe sepsis, like Dr. Pierce said, acute renal failure, suspected hepatorenal syndrome, symptomatic ascites, cirrhosis, hyperkalemia, metabolic acidosis, type two, or T12 compression fracture, hyperbilirubinemia, left renal mass, uterine chronic hyponatremia. So as you can see, they wrote, assessments, and then now they write their plans like this. So, so as you know, I did not write this, right? So, number one, so interns, lest you think that I preach to you guys to do it one way, and then I myself do it a different way, do not write this. Sepsis, patient presents with borderline hypotension, lactic acidosis of 6.8, Leukocytosis with white count of greater than 35,000 with suspected SVP, abdominal source suspected with SVP, bedside diagnostic paracentesis done with patient placed on empiric IV antibiotics to cover for SVP, septriaxone slash cephalotaxin. What does that mean, right? Yeah, both of them. So, acidic fluid analysis pending at the time of note, IV fluid resuscitation for protocol. We don't have a protocol. So, Hmm, what does that mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> post telemetry monitoring with low threshold to initiate IV pressures if indicated, hold all diuresis, follow up blood cultures and ascitic 
culture and adjusting antibiotics based on culture and sensitivity or analysis pending at the time of mutation. So who thinks this patient actually has surge? Raise your hand. Okay. Who thinks this patient has sepsis? Okay. Who thinks this patient has severe sepsis? Okay. Who thinks this patient has septic shock? Okay. Hard to say, right? So if you think the patient has set one of these, what's the source of the infection? Everybody call it out. SVD. Okay, right? Dr. Eldog, why'd you pick this case? It's kind of straightforward, right? Suspected SVP, patient presents with large volume ascites and mild abdominal pain, concomitant with glycidosis and lactic acidosis, concerning possible SVP, as the above diagnostic crisis. This is done with fluid analysis sent. IV antibiotics coverage for SVP. So, define SVP, Dr. Christosoma. Um, infection of acidic fluid in the abdomen. Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay, so it is, in fact, everybody, and yeah, okay, here we go. Everybody, it is an infection of acidic fluid without a clear source. Without a clear source. Okay, that's the key thing. Silva, pretty much got it, right? Okay, Dr. Bancroft, tell me the path of this. So, I believe the path of is that you can have, well, it's on well, clear source. I think it's translocation of bacteria, usually from the gut to the ascites that can cause infection. Outstanding, Dr. Bancroft. Okay, here we go, everybody. So, a patient with cirrhosis and then develops. Bacterial translocation of the gut. Usually, or could be. Strap or strap. That's And then. Both are mine. Bacterial Who said that? Okay. All right. Who can call out the diagnostic criteria for SVP? Dr. Wheeler. No? Banana. Banana. Doctor, you guys are going, okay, so interns and medical students, if you don't know the answer, you have to call out a food, preferably one that you like. And one time, Dr. Wheeler answered a question and she said cabbage, and that was the correct answer. <laughs> then, then she just told me, she told me that she didn't actually know the answer. So I was all excited that she got the answer when most would not have gotten the correct answer. Dr. Pierce. I'm going to go with greater than five bacteria. Greater than five bacteria? I think there shouldn't be one in there. So. Okay, greater than five bacteria in the acidic fluid. Okay, Dr. Victoria Chunk. Uh, greater than two. Greater than 250 PMNs in the acytic fluid. Okay, so that is the, everybody, that is the diagnostic criteria for SVP. Okay, that is it. Now, how do you calculate this, everybody? You, white blood, that means you got to order one. Okay, so when you order an ascites fluid, when you do a tap, or if you order IR to do it, you need to order everybody a cell count. count. If you don't order a cell count, guess what? You can't diagnose it. Okay, so we need to have everybody 
There we go. So, given that the likely pathogens are everybody, e. coli. what's the antibiotic of choice, Dr. Yun Lee? Cephotaxime. Very good. You are not fooled. Very good, sir. Okay. Cephotaxime. Everybody, what is the treatment of choice for SBV? Notice this. It's not ceftriaxone. Who of you learned ceftriaxone in medical school? Okay, it's wrong. Okay, <coughs> cefotaxime. Okay, cefotaxime. Okay, you only use ceftriaxone if you don't have cefotaxime, like at St. Francis. If someone is Everybody? Ill. I can't hear y'all. Shout it. Severely ill. Okay. Very important that you guys know this. Okay. All right. So, in addition to promptly obtaining paracetamol and giving antibiotics, it's also critical to now. It's important. You must all vote, but you may vote more than once. Okay. Ready? So that means that we get it. You get one right, and that you're not off the hook. Okay, so who wants to give albumin? In this case, or oh, just in okay, in just is now SBP. Okay, so in addition to giving antibiotics, critical to give albumin. Okay, raise your hands up high. I can't see it if you do this. Okay, all right, who thinks it's important to give IV diuretics? Okay. Who thinks it's important to give IV fluids? Okay, who wants to give IV protonics? Hey, who wants to give IV flagell? All right, interesting. How about give midodrine? Hey, how about give octreotide? Okay, who wants to thinks give propranolol? So this is SBP. What do you do for SBP? Okay, and then who wants to give sodium bicarb? Hmm, interesting. So here's the deal. Give albumin, everybody. It's really important to help prevent Oh, so whoever didn't raise your hand for albumin, now you know. So who wants to give albumin when you're treating SBP? Darn straight. Good job. So if you got it wrong, do not feel bad. That's what you're here for, right? Otherwise, you could be home. You could be enjoying life, enjoying the beautiful weather. So now you know. Dr. Hannah Shai and then Dr. Wheel. What if you have an attending like Dr. Rylander who starts <laughs> you for life and you never give albumin ever again? And also, actually, my real question is like, what if your patient has HRS? Because albumin actually is not for improving outcomes is what Rylander taught me. Okay. All right. So this, I didn't come up with this on my own. This is from up to date. So there are things that Dr. Rylander says, and this is what I will say about Dr. Rylander. And I'm fine with being on the record. Dr. Rylander is always right <laughs> in specific context. 
Okay. So, <laughs> and there are certain contexts where what he says may not perfectly apply. Okay. So, and I think that he, I, he is awesome. I love him. He's okay. And he's right. Anytime, anything he says, you should listen to. And I very much believe that. Okay. But that said, up to date says, this is not my words. These are, these are from up to date. Okay. It is in fact, it is critical to give albumin. Okay. It's in the review article in your curriculum book. And then it is also an up to date. Okay. So, so it reduces mortality. So Dr. Rylander might have a pushback for this and he'd probably be right. Okay. I don't have a defense beyond saying that's what up to date says. Okay. So I might be wrong. Up to date might be wrong. Okay. I'm, I wouldn't put it past that, but just, just so you guys know, our resources say to give help. Okay, is it clear? Okay, now, Dr. Wheeler. My question is, are you giving it a one time or is it like continuously over the like- One time. Mm -hmm. one. Two time dose, right? One. Uh, it could be a two time dose. I don't know. I always have to look it up. It's after seven weeks. Something, uh, you're right. It's a, it's a two dose. I, I forgot. Usually I just do one, but it's, yeah. Okay. Dr. Nash and then Mumulan. Does the HRS necessarily, is it necessarily connected with the SBP or can they be isolated events? We'll get to that. Okay. Okay. You guys are getting ahead of it. So it, we'll get, we'll talk about HRS. Okay. So, all right. Giving IV diuretics. Some of you, I think nobody raised their hand. It's not correct. Okay. Giving IV fluids so that everybody. Yay. If they are. Okay, so some of you raised your hands, and that would be appropriate, but they would need to be everybody. Okay, that's the key thing. You're not just going to give it every time. Okay, all right. How about IV protonics, everybody? Yeah, some of you put that, right? So, okay, so, so okay. How about flagell? Look at this. So you won't give it every time, okay? All right, what about this, everybody? Yeah, this is especially important in the presence of? That's right, okay. Then how about octreotide? It should be. It should be. All right, okay, so why these two? For Okay, all right. Propranolol, it is not correct. Yeah, not correct, especially if none of you raised your hand for that. And then sodium bicarb, not correct. Okay, so some of these I actually threw in just for fun, thinking there's no way that you guys are going to raise your hand. So it's a good thing I threw them in. Dr. Chung. But if they also have a upper GI bleed, it's, I feel like mainstay, we'd always give protonics. Okay, so. Let's think about this for a moment, okay? So Dr. Chum asked a legitimate question. Here I'm saying, don't give IV protonics, but then you're saying, what if they've got an acute upper GI bleed? So let's ask the class, okay? Who thinks that in the setting of an upper GI bleed, now we should give IV protonics? Raise your hands. Okay, who thinks, no, we should not? Okay, those of you who say we should not, stand up and defend your position. What's going to kill him faster? What's going to kill him faster, right? Sepsis, yes. Okay. What? I have the same argument, but I think it's the GI bleed. Sit down. 
okay. the GI bleed will bleeding. kill them faster. Okay, this IV protonics is only just going to make SBP more likely because they're not going to exacerbate the sepsis. Okay, so they've already got SBP, right? So IV protonics is not going to help, but it's not going to hurt them either. Okay, so you're going to give the IV protonics if they've got an upper GI bleed. Dr. Bell, and then we're going to move on. If they have sepsis secondary to SDP, then they need to be on GI prophylaxis given that it's severe sepsis. So bingo, exactly. So you would give it anyway. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> good. Okay. It's good that we all, we all come at this from different angles, right? That's why we're discussing. Okay. All right. So management, everybody. The first step is to suspect to. That's right, and then to give antibiotics immediately after. That's right, then to give 25% of healthy men within six hours of diagnosis. That's right, okay, and then to follow the holders. And then to neurotherapy accordingly. Okay, all right, so who thought that this discussion of SPP was helpful? Raise your hands. Oh, good, excellent. I was afraid you guys were going to say so basic. Okay, good. I'm glad it's not. Okay, so next, let's continue through the admitting physician's assessment and plan. So, AKI, so suspected pararenal syndrome, patient presenting with interval of this, baseline of that, suspected component of ongoing diuresis and compression effect from accumulating studies on the renal vessels. Interesting. Renally dose all meds and avoid nephrotoxins, avoid or hold further diuresis, IV fluid rehydration, renal ultrasound monitor renal indices and consider nephrology constitution the AM. Yeah, I hear a hmm. Okay. Stand up if you've got a hmm. Raise your hand. Uh, stand up. Stand up if you're thinking hmm. Okay, okay. Any more? Do I have any more? Okay, all right. What's the hmm about? This is your chance to, uh, to raise your hand. Yes, Dr. Pierce. Said that they suspected the cause of the AKI was compression from the ascites, but they're giving fluids, they're holding diuretics, they're kind of going the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, thereby illustrating the problem with having floating, floating plans. Yes, floating plans. Dr. Bell. I also wonder too, uh, maybe there's a little bit of preemptive anchoring that. If they have severe sepsis, like there's multiple components of the AKI. Oh, excellent. Dr. Bell, perfect. So you're saying that they're anchoring prematurely? That's what you're saying? They're just saying it's HRS without a possibly being something else? That's what you're saying? Excellent, Dr. Bell. Outstanding. Excellent. I'm seeing some proud looks from everybody. Okay. So, all right. Well, uh, anybody else? Raise your oh, hand. Jump off of your, oh, I'm sorry. Dr. Chung, yes. I agree with both. And if what Dr. Bell is saying is correct, then the plan would be appropriate to give IV fluids. Huh. So, yes, I agree. Hey, so that that's a perfect segue. Dr. Bell, it's almost like you were right there when I made this. So the patient has an AKI. What do you think it's due to? Raise your hand if you think it's a pre-renal cause. And you can vote more than once. AKI due to volume depletion due to severe sepsis, and you need to give IV fluids. Raise your hand. Okay. All 
All right, who thinks it's a pre-renal cause? Patients home Lasix usage, we need to stop the Lasix only. Who thinks it's that? Okay. All right. Who thinks it's a pre-renal cause? It's the patient's home Lasix usage, and we need to stop Lasix only, and we need to give IV fluids. Mm -hmm. You guys don't think it's the Lasix? Okay. I've got a little bit of. I would probably do that for the liver concerns right now. Okay. All right. So we think it's a small fish, huh? Okay, who thinks it's a pre-renal cause hepatorenal renal syndrome? We need to give midodrine and octreotide. Raise your hands. Okay. Who thinks it's an intrarenal cause? The renal mass is that's concerning for malignancy. We need to start chemo for that. That's a little aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, who thinks it's something else? Raise your hand. Yeah. Who thinks it's that extrinsic compression? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Pierce, you raised your hand, and then Dr. Young Lee, you raised your hand. Just to make the argument with the admaxal mass that was on some complaints. Oh, good, good, excellent. Post renal, okay. Good thought. No hydronephrosis, no disorder. Right? That was a good thought, okay, Dr. Young Lee. I think there may be an intravenous component, maybe from the three. Yeah, picture or something else. Because, yeah, um, she's been completely taking her diuresis at home. And if your actual diuresis is working, you're still losing sodium to your urine. Okay. You're losing sodium. Because you wonder if it's actually producing. Okay. So I think there may also be an intravenous. Okay. Nice. Okay. So, all right. So, good. I'm glad you guys are thinking. Okay. So there wasn't a whole lot, honestly, that you guys are going to be surprised by, I think. So let's just go through it real quick. So let's go through each one. So what's the arguments for AKI due to volume depletion, everybody? It is? Yeah. And then what else? All right. Kind of matches, doesn't it? Okay. What's the argument against it? Can anybody come up with any? Dr. Chung? It was not ex exactly an argument against, but the BUN ratio might be skewed because in liver patients, they tend to have really high BUN. Um, so it may not be as accurate, but it wouldn't. Yeah. Sure doesn't hurt, right? Okay. All right. Next. Premial cause home Lasix usage. What's the arguments for it? Could be contributing, could be contributing a role by doing what? Vascular volume, which then decreases the who knows what that word is. HI is not a program that was good at this. Improved now. Okay, arguments against this? What? What did we find? What's the likelihood that this is a primary driver? Unlikely. Okay, how about HRS? What's the argument for it? Yeah, we'll talk more about the mechanism behind that. And then also, what? I'm not seeing all of your mouths moving again. 
Why do I want to see your amount? HRS. Do we increase the risk of HRS? Uh, HRS. Ah, there we go. Ah, yes. Sorry about that. See? Good. Okay. I don't want you falling asleep at the wheel like I would. Okay. All right. This is important. Okay. You guys need to know this. Okay. Who of you has treated SVP before? Raise your hands. Okay. Good number of you. Okay. Good number of you. Did you know all this? Oh, now you do. Okay. Knowledge is power. All right. What's the arguments against this, everybody? Oh, including shock. Yeah. Okay. So HRS usually diagnosis of exclusion. So, so now having said that, Dr. Bell was especially prescient, wasn't she? In saying, hey, we're jumping to HRS when we've got other causes, right? Okay. Who of you knew that? No, now you do. Okay. All right. So, and then the renal mass, what's the problem, everybody? Yeah, it's too short. Okay. All right. So, Symptomatic, okay, so on we go. Man, this assessment and plan is taking forever, right? Okay. Symptomatic ascites. So patient presents with large volume studies after missing two sessions. No surprise there. What are we going to do? IR guided paracentesis under albumin infusion in the AM. Ascitic fluid analysis. Next, cirrhosis. History of alcoholic cirrhosis. Patient reports ongoing sobriety for the past two and a half years. She's on the transplant list. Prior GI evaluation does show attention, continued encouragement with sobriety, interval GI consults, follow-up, especially on this PPI, consider introduction of non-selective beta blockade to reduce oral hypertension. What do you guys think about this? This is a good idea? Oh, okay. And then as needed, we go back to those enzyme medicine. Okay, so hyperkalemia. And you know we're not supposed to put exclamation marks on <laughs> the record, right? I literally copied and pasted this. So anyways, likely secondary to acute renal failure. The telemetry shows tall tented T-word. Hmm. All right. Everybody's favorite. All right. I have heard the different residents through the years say, if L-Dog is presenting, you better brush up on the base and your EKGs before he lectures. Right, because there's almost always one of each, right? So here we go. Corey, go. Step zero is the standard. Yeah, that's very good, Corey. And the standard needs to be how tall? How many small boxes? 10. That's right, outstanding. Okay, Dr. Nash, step one. Uh, <laughs> uh, do they? Let's see. So I'm going to say my way is different. Is it so rate first? Rate and rhythm. Yes, very good. What's the rate? So we have let's see, like three, one, three, one, sixty, seventy-five, so like eighties. Okay. Yeah. So. yeah. For intents and purposes, that's good. Okay, Dr. Wong, what's our rhythm? Sinus. 
Sinus, yeah. Why do you say sinus? On the grounds. There's a T wave in front of every Yes, good. And also because, Dr. Bell, help her up. Also because? It's also sinus because? Uh, B waves in one and two are up going. There you go. Excellent. Very good, Dr. Bell. Okay, next. What is the next step, Dr. Robbins? PR Axis. Very good. Yes. Well done. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, what is the axis? You look at leads one and avia. That is correct. Okay. And Dr. Newborn, so what do you see? Is it upgoing or downgoing in one and avia? They both are up. Okay. So, that means that they are. <laughs> It is normal. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Shannon Cherian, on to the next. What is the next step? Interval. Intervals. That is. <laughs> okay. All right. So, what interval do you look at first? PR, PR interval. Outstanding. <laughs> Dr. Nat Ng, what is this patient's PR interval? Greatness in that family. <laughs> Normal. Normal, yeah. That's right. It's less than five. And it's actually four, right? One, two, three, four. Okay, 160. Dr. Laura Bell, what's next? QRS interval. QRS interval. And what's this patient's QRS interval? Normal. Normal, yeah. It's about nine. Okay, so then Dr. Justin Silo, what's the next interval? QT, which is it less than half? Okay, earn it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. See? Okay. All right. What's the next step, Dr. Mackenzie Monagold? Waves. That's correct. Which is the first wave? You'll be an expert in this in November. E waves. That's right. Okay. What, what are you looking for? Cabbage, Dr. Hanishai. Which leads will you look at? B1 and 2. Very good. Outstanding. Okay. What do you see here? I see. I see upgoing P waves in. Okay, upgoing. So it's upgoing, and you're looking for Dr. Bancroft. One by one. So is it? Yeah, it is. Okay. So this patient has. If it's larger than one by one, it's right atrial larger. Outstandingly done. Well done, Seth. Okay. All right. Dr. Wheeler, what's the next wave we look for? The Q wave. That's correct. And where will we look for the in the Q for Q waves? Banana, Dr. Pierce. Okay, so we'll look at three, that's true. And then also at? Correct, and? Everywhere. Okay. <laughs> Everywhere, yes. Interpicular contiguous leads. Okay, all right. Do we see any? Dr. Victoria Chung? 
you want it to be two down, one across, and I wanted and you it have to be in contiguously. Unless if you're unless talking about ABF. That's correct. In which case, we won't say it. <clears throat> well, V and ABF. Okay, so is it pathologic though? Does it meet the criteria? Yep. No. Okay, so it does in three and only three, right? Okay, so are you having pathologic? No, okay. Next, what is the next wave, Young Lee? QRS. There you go. QRS. QRS. What are you looking for? For low voltage bullets of That is correct. Do you have either? That's correct. Okay. And okay. What is and then do you have hypertrophy? No. Not upgoing in V1. And it's not big enough. Okay. All right. And then finally, then after that is the Dr. John Scott, the ST segment. ST segment. Okay. So, do you have any ST elevations or depressions? No. No. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Good. That's good. This one is tempting to call out. Okay. But it's kind of, and even if it was, what's the last thing to look at, Dr. Hanishai? T waves. And which leads do you look at? Dr. Mana Gold. Dr. Silo. For T waves? Yes. Where do you look for T waves? V1, V2. Dr. Laura Bell, yes, do it. Five and V6 and one and two. That's right. These two and those two. Do we have inverted T waves? Anybody? Everybody? Oh, so are we going to be worried about these ST elevations even if they're there? No. Okay, very good. So, final impression this is. Sinus tachycard? No, it's 80 something, right? No, it's like. Times six. Oh, yeah. What is 18 times six? Okay. So, yeah. One oh, one oh. Okay. cardio. Very good. All right. So, Dr. Shai. So, are those not peak T waves then? Definitely not. V2? Not. It's, I mean, there's just one. Okay. So, it's not that. It's not that impressive. Definitely. So not really. Say again, please. What's the definition of peak T waves? So it has to be, it has, they have to be usually large and they've got to be 10. I mean, it does. So to, uh, peak T waves can look like that, but usually they have to be large and just one wave. Not necessarily. Okay. All right. We need to move on. Uh, if, okay. If we take a walk, we need to literally walk around the clinic and then come back and sit down. Okay. 
If we can do that, then we can go. Ready? Let's go. Usually it's, yeah, usually you won't just see it in just one.
I'm cold. This is what always happens. Yeah. 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 It's not like I blame I understand. Anytime you hold them too. I did, but you know, um, the beach pod, whatever when they come back. Beach body? Deal with the beach body. Again, please. Intense. I only I'm do. Not, I'm not doing that. Right? That's a little too far that's for me. Too. <laughs> it's like, I know, that's <laughs> it's true. It's I do morning It's something calming. Yeah, it could be premature. It could be that's why he usually Go. All right. So, sorry to the people who are not back yet. So, but all right. So, next is metabolic acidosis. So, bicarbonate 17 component of AKI placed on sodium bicarb driven molecules. That's interesting, right? So what does that have to do with that, right? So, all right, so this attending ordered a sodium bicarb management. Raise your hand if you say, yes, I agree. Who raise your hand if you think, no, I disagree. Why or why not? Who can raise their hand and call out why you disagree? Dr. Nat Ng. I don't think I've, one, I don't think I've seen it in this kind of situation, but it's, it's also if it's from if some sepsis causing lactic acidosis, then the, the, the metabolic acidosis is from like the lactate. You don't need to give, you need to give fluids. Right. Bicarb. Okay. Good. I'm glad that you're thinking about the fact that it's severe sepsis, so that's not the management, okay? I see a hand from Dr. Wheeler, and then I see a hand from Dr. Brown. I'm just saying, like, <coughs> we need to find the cause, not just treat the symptom. Dr. Wheeler, excellent. Good. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah, the cause is SPP, and we're not supposed to give that an SPP. So. There you go. There you go. Excellent. So, everybody, everybody, go. First, First is treatment of metabolic acid. We need to address its underlying cause. Perfect. Dr. Wheeler, as usual, for the as for sodium bicarbonate, what? Maybe use patients who have moderate acidemia due to metabolic Okay, so that's kind of where they might have kind of wanted to do that, right? So, okay, but that's kind of a little bit. Dr. Hannah Shai, I see an objection. Go. No, I just have a question. So. I mean, I understand why sodium, I mean, sodium bicarb gets used all the time, like bicarb drips get used all the time in the ICU because they have these kinds of things. But my question would be is, would you consider like, so this, so look at the severity of what you have to go on. Would that go into consideration? Because like, the SBP, the HRS, 
is all more severe than a bicarb of seven. It's almost 24. Not like his bicarb is eight, is what I'm saying, right? Absolutely. So that's my question, because he kind of technically does meet those. So, so Dr. Shai brings up a good point, right? So does she, strictly speaking, technically meet these criteria? Yeah. Creatinine's up, threefold, and the patient has a pH of that. So could they get sodium bicarb? According to this, yeah. So, but what you guys are saying actually makes a lot more sense, okay? No, I disagree with it as well. I don't agree with management. I don't think it's the environment. All right. And as you'll see, as the case unfolds, you will find that the specialists all agree as well. Dr. Ng, and then moving on. Is there like a negative consequence of using sodium bicarbonate? Is there a negative consequence? Who can answer that? Raise your hand. Do not just speak out. Raise your hand. Dr. Chung. I think there is. I think studies have shown that it, it can increase your mortality, partly because it's artificially um, changing your acidosis status without mm -hmm. treating the underlying cause. And it can change your compensatory, like respiratory things and all that. And overall mortality is worse. Right. That's right. And in this particular case, of course, we're just making the, our, this makes the argument that of the exact opposite. However, I agree with Dr. Chung that I think in this particular case, it just would be a poor idea because of exactly what she said. Plus, the fluid shifts and all that stuff would not be helped either. Okay. All right. On to the next T12 compression fracture. She reports she twisted her back. She has ongoing upper back pain. CT did show compression fracture with suspected T7 subtle surge. Fracture neurosurgery was consult pain control deliberation after neurosurgical review. Left renal mass, partially previously visualized this urology consultation. So let's note about this. So, although this admitting physician wrote urology consultation, what happened? He actually called, actually called consult. So, it is everybody. So, so we're to indicate if you actually called or not. So, obvious to you guys, you Okay, it's because it's actually, this, this can happen, right? You see how easy it can, who has encountered this before? Yeah, right? This is a problem, do you not agree? Okay, so you have to call, you have to say whether you called it, okay? And then, and then even worse, as it turned out, the patient already knew about this renal mass and was being monitored regularly by the PCP. So everybody? There's no need How awful, okay? All right, so 11, and this is taking forever. Acute on chronic hyponatremia, sodium 120, possible SIH versus fluid distribution, secondary dysterosis with ascites, check urine sodium and osmolality, diuresis, place the patient on saline infusion for correction, monitor serum sodium, avoid overaggressive rapid correction, and telemetric monitoring. Who loves how this person wrote their notes? Any of you raise your hands? <laughs> Right, okay, so, all right, so now it's time to vote, okay? So who of you, what do you suppose is the primary cause of this patient's hyponatremia? So who thinks it's SIDH? Raise your hand. No one. I can get, I can get somebody to get in the vote. Oh. 
Ava Bowles' dog. <laughs> Volume depletion overall. Who thinks that's what it is? Well, Lasix usage. Chronic liver disease. Ah, don't have, yeah, you guys, this is too easy for you, right? Okay. So look at this. SIDH. So it could, everybody, technically, technically be argued that since ADH mechanism is CLD driven hyperlipidemia, that SIDH is the problem with that. SIDH is not referring to that, right? Okay, so it can't be right. Okay, how about volume depletion? The patient is actually volume overloaded. Exactly. Okay. How about Lasix usage? Yeah, it. Out it. Right? Okay. Usually it's thiazides, right? Okay. And then CLD, you guys all nailed it. Hyperglycemia, obviously not, right? Okay. So, so let's talk about hyponatremia and CLD. Okay. So I'm not even gonna. We're just gonna go over it. So everybody together. So slang leads to decrease systemic vascular resistance. Okay, because we've got we've got a couple major vascular beds, right? Arterial beds, right? We've got the, the main vasculature, but then we've got the um, splanchnic vasculature, right? Okay, so and if this is all dilated, then what happens? And the SVR goes down, down right? Okay, so then what happens? Then the what's that? What's SNS? Nervous system and H go, and then what does that do? Clamps right? Okay, and so time passes and it works for a while, right? Until what happens? Till the can't be sufficiently. Then what happens? The effective arterial volume increases, and then you and you have then the Okay, are you clear now, everybody? Dr. Pierce. I'm sorry, it's I just it's not. Okay, that's okay. No, thank you for thank you. Okay, so I want everybody to kind of be able to understand, right? So, so these systems, what do they do? They cause for what? They, not just do they in, they clamp they cause the clamp down, but then they also do what? Water in, right? So then what happens? You keep the water in, so then you dilute out the current sodium, right? So then that dilution keeps on happening, happening over and over and over and over and over until, and you keep on, you know, trying to compensate and you keep on cracking down until it no longer can compensate anymore. Then what happens is you've got this decreasing effective arterial blood volume. So you've got lots of cardiac output on the heart, but your kidneys aren't seeing it. So your kidneys are saying, I'm not getting enough pressure. I'm not getting perfusion. So then it ramps this up even more and it causes a cardiovascular, it causes collapse of the rest hemodynamic collapse. And then also because of too much free water retention, then you get sodium dilution, okay? And it's a gradual process. So it just goes down, 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 right? Does that make sense now? Almost. What causes the decreased effective arterial blood volume? Third spacing or? Third spacing into the, into the third space, the ascites, but also the, this, 
continues to vasodilate. So you just continue to get worse and worse vasodilation just keep going. Until, until this can't clamp anymore. But you still got vasodilation here. Here now? Yes. RAS does this. SNS, RAS does this. This is systemic vasoconstriction, right? Okay, clear now for the most part? 90%. 90%. Okay, we'll take 90%. Thank you. Good. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it when you're you know, telling me to slow down. All right, CITES cell count. Look at this, guys. You see 17,000 what? Nucleated. Yeah, nucleated. So that's the number of whites. Okay. And then what do you see here? 84% sex. So total PMN is equal to? Equal to what times what? Nucleated times times the sex. That times that. Okay. So it's 14,280. It's a lot more than Barely over 250, right? Barely. Okay. So all of you who said SVP, you guys were right, right? Okay, so this so this case is not diagnostically difficult. Right? SVP, you guys already knew that. You guys all got it on your paper. Okay. So the difficult part is upcoming. So here we go. So CT spine, you guys already knew that. Renal ultrasound shows no hydronephrosis. So what's the likelihood it's post-renal, everybody? Right, okay. And then we've got that cystic lesion. We've got the ascites. Okay, now what do you guys see? Okay, and then the osmolarity. So what's that? What's the osmolarity? Normal. Are you surprised by this? Yeah. What were you expecting it to be? Hypotonic. On a, a little bit hypotonic, don't you? Yeah, I would have thought so too, right? Because the chronic liver disease. Okay, all right. Now, what do you see? So we're seeing the patient is improving or worsening? It's like sort of static. Yeah. Potassium. So we're just kind of treading water, right? Okay. So we're hospital day one, we're in the morning, okay? All right, and then what do you think about this? Not very good. <laughs> okay, Dr. Hannah Shai? She's got fluid resuscitated. Okay, she's got some fluid, yep. Everything went down. Yeah, kind of diluted, diluted. And the, and the, um, the then it just stayed the same. Great, Dr. Shai, good eye. Well done. Mm -hmm. Well done, Dr. Shai. She nailed it, okay, as usual. So would you change antibiotics at this time? Who, yeah, raise, your, raise your hands. I'm going to change my antibiotics. Okay. Raise your hands. No, I'm not going to change my antibiotics. Okay. Those of you who said, uh, okay, I'm going to give you one more chance. Otherwise, you're going to have to call it out. Who's going to raise your, who's going to change antibiotics? Raise your hand. I can ask a quick question. Dr. cultures? Yeah, what are the vitals? Uh, you'll have them in a moment. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So you, if you want to, if you want it to be contingent, don't change at this time. Okay. okay? So if, if you want, if you want to have conditions, so who's going to change just based on the info you have? Raise your hand. Dr. John Scott, you're alone. All right. Stand up and tell us, why do you want to change antibiotics now? It's been more than 24 hours on these antibiotics. And 
not having much improvement. Okay. If I changed, I would add antibiotics. Okay, what would you add? Mirapenem. Mirapenem, okay, you change them to mirapenem, okay? You broaden coverage, okay? All right, okay. Anybody having heard Dr. John Scott, who would like to join him? Raise your hand. Dr. J okay, Dr. Bell and Dr. King. All right, okay, interesting. All right, so labs, AMP and CEA are negatory, okay? Now, neurosurgery comes in, bottom line, they said we just need a brace, we don't need to do surgery. Thank you for the consult. Okay, <laughs> renal comes in and they say, she presents with unsteadiness on her feet and in your fall, she has history of cirrhosis, previously having paracentesis, performed twice weekly. She's currently being evaluated for transplant. Outpatient meds are reviewed. She takes Lasix and cathartics. She is currently on creatinine, uh, 2.1, baseline less than one. This has increased over the past month. So urine output is oliguric over the past few days. Renal function progressively worse and severely impaired. Hemodynamic is hypotensive and tachycardic. And she's got some other stuff going on. She's got comorbids. Here's the assessment and plan. So, so acute renal failure, sickness, hyperperfusion, concern for renal syndrome, volume depletion, severe sepsis. Severe sepsis, acidosis, hyperkalemia, cirrhosis, hyponatremia, severe, and then other things. And so what are we gonna do? We're gonna give albumin, recommend no more than five liters of paracentesis, isotonic saline, midadrine, and octreotide in the AM if no response, hold Lasix. So who can define hepatorenal syndrome? Where did we leave off? Okay, we didn't leave off anywhere. Dr. John Scott, define hepatorenal syndrome. Okay, all right. Dr. Young Lee, you try now. Is when you have It is a uh, kidney injury in the setting of chronic liver disease without any other lungs. Okay. All right. Dr. Victoria Chung. Um, I mostly agree. And I would add it's the pathophys is kind of what we discussed with the E, the low effective arterial blood volume, but the kidneys will only improve if you fix the liver because they're constantly like having under perfusion and that's leading to their um, damage. Excellent. I should start with the interns. Okay, nicely done. Third year is too easy for them. Okay, very good. So everybody, so HRS is a complicated, is everybody, it is by definition a complication context and in the absence of other What's that? Because it's important. Because it's important to, because how can you diagnose something if you don't know the diagnostic criteria, right? Okay. So this is, this is important, right? If you gain nothing, if you gain nothing else from this lecture, hopefully you have gained hepatorenal syndrome 
to not just make it willy-nilly, right? And you've got to have, got to rule out other things, okay? So who can spell out, the, uh, we kind of covered the pathophys already, right? So here we go, everybody. You have severe portal hypersensitivity. Leads to leads to all of these then leads to that's right okay also additionally translocation of the head also plays a role in causing then oh so SBP in fact then does what yeah, makes HRS more likely. Yeah, clear now? Okay. I'm gonna feed each other, it's not good, right? So who can spell out, God bless you, who can spell out the treatment and management of HRS? Dr. Dr. Pierce. Okay, good, excellent. That's one option, good. Dr. Abigail Wheeler. Absolutely, absolutely. The most definitive treatment. Dr. Bancroft. Uh, I think you had spironolactone. Okay, spironolactone, that's an option, okay. But what else? What else have we mentioned earlier in the presentation? That would be other things you do specifically for HRS. Okay, Alderman, yes, absolutely. And then what else, Dr. Hannah Shai? Bingo, okay. Very good. All right. Management involves in the ICU, everybody, you give vasopressin. What what does vasopressin do, everybody together? It vasoconstriction. constriction of the splenic circulation. Okay. All right. If they're not in the ICU, then you give them Perlopressin, which we don't have in the US. Okay, so <laughs> then so we have to give triotide too. Yeah. That's it, that's right. It, it actually squeezes on the splank mix as well. Okay. All right, so HRS, there's two different kinds. Type one, everybody, the? Yeah. 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 And the prognosis is grim, whereas type two, the impairment is? And the And the progression is? Do diuretics cause HRS? Yes or no? Who thinks yes? Who thinks no? Excellent, you guys are all correct, okay? And if SBP precipitates HRS, treating with antibiotics alone will fix the HRS. Who thinks yes? Who thinks no? Okay, you have to, you can't just treat, you cannot treat renal syndrome with antibiotics alone, okay? Even if it's caused by the SBP, you can't just treat the underlying cause. Clear? Okay, all right. All right, so, in this patient, notice that renal wants to continue supportive care, including IV fluids, open the AKIs due to hypoperfusion from the severe sepsis. Things will improve, we want to focus the attention on treating HRS. So this then supports the idea that HRS, you can't just jump to it first, okay? 
That's an important moral of the story I want you to catch. That's why I want you to take note of this, okay? HRS diagnosis that you should jump to immediately, correct, everybody? No, no you must do what? Other things first, okay? That's important. Otherwise, if you jump to it too quickly, what will happen? Miss the diagnosis. Yeah, you might miss the causative diagnosis, right? Okay. In this case, giving IV fluids to deal with the underlying severe sepsis. Interns. Oh, no, we already. Oh, no, yeah, interns. Interns and medical students. Why does renal not want to move uh, more than five liters of ascitic fluid taken off at a time? Any intern, you may speak out. It was controversial, just controversy because of a study that showed some adverse event with generous fluid. Uh, removal. Okay, due to what? Okay, okay. All right. Any other ideas as to why? I'm all about why, right? About why? Idea logically to do a big fluid shift really quickly. Bingo. Bingo. I don't know. More detail. No. It just feels like no. a bad idea. No, you nailed it. Fluid shifts. Okay, that's why. Significant fluid shifts. Okay. The fluid shifts are bad enough that you can actually end up causing them to become seniors. Anybody? Chemically unstable. Okay. Okay. So renal says the next day that. Oh no. Uh, never mind. We already talked about that. Okay. So now paracentesis is done, and uh, 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 they gave they took off six and a half liters. Okay. And then they gave 50 grams of Okay. Blood cultures are positive for gram negative rods. And here's the labs later on hospital day one. We are just hospital day one. Wow. Right? You guys are like, oh my goodness, this case is taking forever. What do you guys think? They <laughs> draw labs more than once in 24 hours. They did it because of the sodium. They got the lab to do it. Oh, that's what you mean. This is not the job. <laughs> okay. All right. And then this is at 9.55. And then this is at 5.11 the next day. So here's the ascites fluid, few gram negative rods. And now, so what this is, and this is later that day. So now here's the vital signs. Still having quite a bit of pressure in her abdomen. She says the six and a half liters removed helped some, but didn't really help that much. No new chest pain or shortness. Okay, so now this attending comes on, and this is a little bit more recognizable, I think. So anyways, so I did discuss with renal. We need to balance the fact we need to give IV fluids with significant ascites as well as the hyponatremia, so we're going to continue to occur renal. So, and then MELD score is that. We've got coagulopathy, we've got ascites. And they said we have to hold off on any further because the patient wanted another one. Please pull the fluid off. Get me another one. Can't. Okay. Hyponatremia is related to the CLD. And then depression, history of stroke. We talked about the renal mass. 
the sake of time, I'm not going to read it all to you. And then I changed her pain medication. All right, so then this is later in the day. And then this is the renal assessment and plan. So now renal is saying what? They're saying we're concerned for renal syndrome. We're going to continue IV fluids. And now we think that the patient has not improved enough. You guys see that? So, so usually, who of you have treated severe sepsis before? Yeah. What happens with that creatinine when it's just severe sepsis due to volume depletion or due to pneumonia? And then you give them a bunch of fluid. What happens to that creatinine? It usually comes down. Does it come down by more than just from 2.17 to 2.07 most of the time? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So now renal is telling us we think that there's something else going on. So we're going to give green and octreotide. All right. And here's the next set of labs at 1142. And then. Yeah. Yeah, she had hypoglycemia. All right. So oh, what do you guys see? What do you see? A white count. And what did you see here? Boss is high and what else? Which is not unexpected. <laughs> but what else do you see? What's the most concerning thing here on this? Okay, good. Dr. Dr. Pierce was raising her hand. That's good. Good. Okay, the hyponatremia is, is, but that's the same, right? Dr. Chum? The hyperkalemia. Hyperkalemia, okay. Dr. Bell? Okay, Dr. Robbins? Hypoglycemia. Okay, all right. That one, that I think is a very concerning thing. Okay, do you see that? That in conjunction with that. That, okay. All right. So, all right. Now what? Okay, so this is later in the morning. What do you guys think? You guys can call it out now. Shout Analyze it out. Analyze her. Okay. Okay. What do you guys see? Acidosis is worse. Acidosis is worse. Our kidneys are worse. Renal is worse. Sodium's worse. Sodium's worse. Okay, so, so basically you said... So basically the patient is still having pressure, disappointed she can't have paracentesis, she's not in acute distress, but she is now and she fell asleep. Okay, so now, so let's stop and think now, okay? So the white count has spiked up to 48,000 after trending down a couple of days and the patient's having total acute encephalopathy. Interns, seniors be quiet. Okay. What do you want to do? Corey, what do you want to do now? Uh, dialysis. dialysis. What do you want to do now, Dr. Nash? Senior. <laughs> <laughs> Not an option. <laughs> uh, okay, so consider broadening the antibiotic choices. Broadening the antibiotics, okay? Dr. Wong. Ammonia level. You want to get ammonia level, Dr. Robert. Yeah, susceptibility. Yes, susceptibility, okay. Dr. Newborn. I feel like Full septic workup, okay. Dr. Charian? 
What they said, okay. Seniors, what is the correct answer? Open up the differential. I'm so proud. Well done, okay. Okay, Dr. Newborn kind of hit that, didn't he? Mm -hmm. He said, hey, let's do a full septic workup. That is the correct answer, okay? So seniors all knew the answer. The, the correct answer is to decide what the new main problem. What's the new main problem, everybody? Hemocephalopathy plus elevated count. Yeah, okay, plus a increasing metabolic acidosis. All three of those things all lumped together. So you need to open up the differential for that, okay? So what's top of your differential, everybody? Worsening, yeah, worsening sepsis, either a new infection or they're worsening or, they're, or treatment failure or something, right? You need to rule everything in and out, okay? So here we go. So those sample differential include, we don't have time to, to go through this. So just minds, right? So then the ultimate status in the context of all these things, so then acute hypoxemia, right? Definitely. What else? Acute, right? Could have a new acute hemorrhage, right? Okay. What else? MDR organisms, right? That's obvious. New, which broadening the antibiotics. One of you said that that would work. Okay. New HAP, right? So we should get X-ray, right? Okay. New MDR UTI, right? So we should get a right fungal infection. So we should add right immunosuppressed, right? Okay. Okay. Neuropsych, not really drugs. Change for payments, right? Can that do it? Yeah, absolutely, right? Although that doesn't usually cause the elevated leukocytosis, so it's not well, right? What else? Helper. Can this happen? Is someone this ill? Absolutely, right? And then what about this? DVT, PE, is that possible? The INR is elevated. Bingo. That's right, their protein CNS is low too, okay? So acute DVT and PE, Dr. Chung. Um, maybe under met metabolic, we could also check ammonia and increase the lactulose titrate. Too. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Dr. Chung is exactly right, okay? Checking ammonia, one of you said that actually. Yes, very good, Dr. Wong. So however, as you know, the hyperammonemia won't cause the elevator weight count, which is why it's so important to take all of those, right? When you're reframing a new problem, uh, a new, you get, you got all the mental status plus the elevated leukocytosis, right? Okay, all right. So because of this, we consulted ID and we, and they agreed with Zosin and they added microfungi, great. Okay, so, and then I also broadened it up. So, as you can see, this attending did not do a good job and did not do like this. So that's not the lesson, right? So uh, that's what happens when we had how many patients for about? Few. Well, we had a few. So chronic liver disease, renal syndrome, da 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 da, a treatise was added, okay? And then we're gonna continue IV fluids and we're gonna balance the fact that we've got all these things, she's not improving, and then the hyperkalemia, we're dealing with that. And I mentioned dialysis. And then, so renal ended up giving IV fluids and IV laces. Why did they do that? Dr. Hanashai. Um, Why would they do this? 
can, if you give fluids, you might be able to cause like fluid shifts back into the vasculature. And then you can pee that out and then you can keep doing it. So you can effectively take the volume that's in her belly and put it in her vessels and then she can pee it out. If she can pee. Nailed it. Nailed it. Okay. That's the key thing. Okay. The isotonic IV fluids does what everybody is supposed to vascular space. Okay. But it'll only temporarily do so. Right. And then the IV Lasix is to get rid of what? Excess free water. Trying to get rid of more free water than you dump, than you put in. Clear? Okay. And hopefully it will not dump out as much as the normal saline puts in. Okay. And it won't do it too fast. That's the other thing. All right. So then we know this. And then renal comes on board and they do this, and then they said, we're going to perform. What does this mean, everybody? Continuous renal replacement therapy. replacement therapy. Very good. Okay. So now ID says, yes, that's what we're going to do. We got hemodialysis cath placed. This is hospital day number three, as you guys can see. We have CVL placed. And then chest x-ray shows now, everybody. Increasing my base pulmonary consolidation. Okay, so now this is next. Next. And so, yeah. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about dialysis, huh? It's working. Yeah. It's like, Magic. <laughs> okay. Oh, what happened? Okay, what happened? So it did what? It did it increase the yeah. and it decreased the decreased the and decreased the yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Oh, and then what? Yeah, I count came down, right? So yeah, she's doing better now, right? But the only thing that we don't have that's good is what? Okay. What's going on? Right. Then what happened? Then overnight we had to start. Now that's really sad. Okay, because she was getting hemodynamically unstable. Okay, then let's see. Is there anything else? The patient's still awake and answering questions. She's falling asleep easily, but she is. More than more than she was yesterday. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. Dialysis. Man, magic. Okay. Last PM was today. All right. That's important because to the ammonia, right? Lactulose. Yeah, lactulose. All right. So this attending drones on and on and on. Never shuts up, man. Okay. All right. So the ammonia level ended up being okay. All right, so renal, no, GI comes on board and basically says, yeah, you guys are doing right. <laughs> so agree with transfer for liver transplant when stabilized. So here's the next labs. Look at that creatinine, look at that sodium, look at that K, look at that bicarb, okay? Next, next set of blood cultures are negative, fungal blood cultures negative, 
And then the house is really Okay, now the white count goes up and the INR is worse. So now what do we need to worry about now? So, and the T billy goes up. So now what? So now what's going on with the patient? Okay, call it out. There's an obstruction. There's an obstruction, Dr. Wheeler says. An obstruction of what? Okay, okay. That's, that's the biliary tract. Yeah, something's going on in the biliary tract. But if you consider that, plus the fact that that INR also acutely worsened, then the patient has basically worsening cirrhosis. Worsening cirrhosis, yeah. So what's the MELD NA score now? And because we don't have time, I'm just going to show you. Now it's 40. This is equal to a. Okay, so this is hospital day five, guys. Remember when they first came in? She was 50. Okay, so in five days, she's progressed. All right, so her hepatic failure is worsening despite what? Our. So, okay, we're not going to read this. I'm going to spare you guys. Basically, this is a normal VVG. Okay, so then basically what happens is the attending physician uh, is in touch with the transplant center in Oklahoma City, and then they accepted the patient, and she was taken over there for some ground ambulance, and she was sterilized out, and She went there. Hopefully, she will get a little transplant. All right. So, diagnostically, not a difficult case. This case was primarily focused on complex patient management. Right? Who thinks that there were a lot of things you had to juggle on this one? Right? Yeah. Who thinks that competing priorities was an issue? case, right? Absolutely. Okay. Competing risks and benefits, right? For different therapies, definitely. Okay. All right. So two or three things you learned from this case, and then we're all done. Canon chariot. Yeah. Okay. Good. Broaden your differential. There you go. Excellent. You gain, if you gain nothing else, Dr. Charian, that is the most valuable thing you have gained. Dr. Newborn. Yeah, I think the management of SPP and the Yeah, okay, excellent. Dr. Robbins. How to calculate PMMs. Okay, good, yes. Okay, what else? Um, Cephotaxime. Good for SVP. Excellent. Dr. Wong. Come back. Okay. Dr. Nash. Carrot and cabbage. Oh, you didn't learn anything? Well, you're taking. Oh, no, 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 no. You can, no, you can, whatever you learn. Two or three things that you learned. No, I think it was that taking away to, to broaden the differential once they turn that corner. Perfect. And also the antibiotic of choice for the uh, spontaneous vector. Great. Excellent. That was useful for you. Okay, great. Awesome. 
Good, I'm glad. All right, Corey. I learned the reason to give um, fluids and diuretics at the same time. Okay, which is not a usual case, right? It's only for very, very select cases. Dr. Rylander will probably kick you out of the program. <laughs> so, and he's right, okay? Only a very, very narrow indication, and the renal is the only one that does that, okay? Not okay? that uh, toilet precedent is not available in the United States. Okay, good. That's a useful thing to know. Okay, and a shot. Um, really good, like, chronic liver disease patient review. That was, like, all the things. Right. Um, and that I still need to work on EKGs. Okay. All right. Great. Okay. That's what you learned. Awesome. Okay. I love it. Dr. Monagol. SVP diagnosis and that it can worsen atrix. Yeah, right? That was valuable for me too, okay? Dr. Silo. Learn that if they have a melt score of, yeah, a melt score of 35, you know. She had been waiting on the transplant. Yeah, she was already on the transplant list. So you got to contact them, yep, okay? What else? Albumin. That's okay. Albumin for SVP? Yeah, absolutely. That's a valuable thing. Okay. See, not everybody knew that, right? Everybody raised their hand. Okay, so now you know. Dr. Bell. Um, I think the kind of the review of keeping in straight in my mind uh, chronic liver disease and then the complications of it. And so then this SVP and then HRS and uh, Keeping those in mind, but not jumping to them too quick. That was a valuable lesson you gained from this case then. Very nice. Dr. Nat Um, It was really helpful to, to remind us that hepatorenal syndrome is a diagnosis almost of exclusion. And then also, we have to rule out other things. And then the thing about bicarb, when to give bicarb and metabolic. Yeah. Yeah, can't just give it all the time, right? Yeah, uh, renal failure. Okay, good. Dr. John Scott. Greater than 250 PMNs for diagnosing SGB. Yeah. Um, CPIs can increase the risk of that. Yeah, who'd have thought, right? Okay, excellent. Dr. Young Lee. Uh, mine are all related to SCP, but the use of minadrin, electriotide, okay. and also the plus or minus five joggers. Or, I'm sorry, say that again, please. The flagellar, if you're concerned for like another. Yeah, good. And that metadrine and octreotide really was for the HRS. We suspected HRS. Okay. All right. Great. Dr. Victoria Chung. Um, SPP, don't give PPIs unless they're bleeding. Or something. Or something else. Or, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I think just the management of cephotoxin. Cephotaxi is more preferred. Yes, good, excellent. All right, glad you learned that. Great. Dr. Pierce. Um, I yep, HRS, yep. Oh. Yes, the ICTO test. Yes, good. Okay, great. Dr. Abigail Wheeler. 
I like seeing that what they give for the like the that, but in the ICU they give actually do give pressors, and so that helps stick the metatrexic in a pathophysic hypoplasia. Liked that. That's great. Okay. Great. Excellent. All right. Thank you guys. I really I hope you guys learn from each other as well as from the case. Awesome. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you.